0: Hello and welcome to Minimalist Buddha Podcast, where you learn to systematically declutter your mind, your life, and your personal living space. I'm Sensei, your host, and I want to welcome you from wherever you're listening in the world. I also want to say thank you to all of my students, my clients, my followers, and supporters. Without your support, my work would not be possible. I'm excited about today's episode, and with no further ado, let's get right to it. Hello, and welcome back to our series on the Eight Realizations of Great Beings. Today is part five, and we will be covering the fourth realization. And I believe this realization is something that everyone can benefit from. I think it's very tangible. Sometimes the, the wisdom contained in the tradition of Buddhism can seem kind of out of reach, And by that, I mean that if one is not oriented towards a non-literal understanding of certain words that are uh, meant to be used as metaphor, allegory, and these other types of uh, uses of imagery, then you get lost in actually what is being said. But today, I think, will be quite tangible for you, and it has to do with an issue that you are likely quite familiar with. The fourth realization is that laziness leads to downfall. And it reads as follows. Realize that laziness leads to downfall. Be diligent and break the hold of harmful fixations. Defeat the four demons and escape the prison of this dark world. I'll read it one more time. Realize that laziness leads to downfall. Be diligent and break the hold of harmful fixations. Defeat the four demons and escape the prison of this dark world. Now, in this very short piece, this realization, there is a great deal of imagery being used here. And so people who might think that there's some nihilism involved in this or uh, believe that something is being said about the world being terrible, quite the opposite. We have to understand that in the Buddhist tradition, we're really dealing with states of consciousness and the mind. And I hope that will become clear to you as we... Continue with this fourth realization. So, the first thing I want to address is just the notion of laziness. Now, for those who have grown up in the Western culture or who are exposed to Western culture, it is a busy, 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 busy energy, isn't it? And in fact, when you sit down to talk to people, They feel out of place if they're not able to rattle off how busy their day was. Even if it was just filled with, in my opinion, nonsense. It was just, you know, things to do. Right? But if you were to sit and have a conversation with someone and say, for example, today I went for a walk. And you paused. People would be waiting for like, okay, and what else? You couldn't have just gone for a walk today. You're lazy. (laughs) Right? Or... You, you have a sense of feeling like you're not participating because everyone else is like, oh, I had this to do. I have a to do list. And, you know, they make all these tasks and things that they have to get done. And they're slaves to those things. So I, I bring that up because I want you to know that we're not talking about laziness uh, in the context of just being busy. Because just being busy is a distraction. It's really not even any better than being lazy fact I would say lazy laziness would be better than being a busy bee because a busy bee just wears you out and your life just becomes trying to fulfill an unending list of things to do and believing or hoping that that gives it meaning because that's what everyone else is doing at least you know if you're lazy (laughs) uh you're not tired out by that but Nonetheless, this is a serious realization that laziness leads to downfall because laziness does lead to downfall. And we're going to discuss that here today. When you think about the things that people can do, I just mentioned, for example, people being just busy, filling their day with tasks. This is not what we're talking about. The antidote to laziness is diligence. And diligence includes activity. Diligence includes activity. It is not a passive thing. So, for example, if we think about the Buddha's life, he could have very well have just stayed in the life that he was living. I mean, he was born into a royal family, had all the things that he needed and more, and decided to walk away from that. But what he walked away from that from uh, for was a higher understanding. He wanted to understand this cycle of birth and death. And so rather than just sit on his royal uh, ability to do nothing and just be served, he left all of that. And even... As he went through the arduous journey of discovering the answer to his question about the life and death cycle, he exerted a great deal of diligence in that. He dedicated his life to it. And even after getting an answer, after the final enlightenment experience under the Bodhi tree, He then went on to teach for the rest of his life, another 45 years. So here's an example of a person, a being who dedicated his whole life to trying to liberate other beings. You know, in today's world, that would seem absurd. People want to know what kind of job you have, where do you work? How do you pay your bills, right? Isn't that what people always say when they meet you? What do you do? And really, they just mean, how do you pay your bills? But the point here is that we don't want to be fixated on an idea of just being busy or working as a fulfillment of diligence. It certainly doesn't exclude it, but let's not make that the primary uh, representation or the sole option for exercising diligence because one can be diligent in many ways in their work life. You can be diligent in your spiritual life. You can be diligent with your vocation or your career, school, many different opportunities to exercise diligence. But things don't get done without diligence. There has to be a level of commitment and diligence persevering in that. That goal is the antidote to laziness. Now, laziness has been attributed to many things. In the Buddhist tradition, though, Its source is ignorance. Think about that. Why would we say that laziness is due to ignorance? Usually people think laziness is just due to laziness. You're just lazy. But you wouldn't think necessarily that that person was ignorant. So here's what's behind this. Ignorance plays a role in laziness insofar as we don't realize that as a person, a being who chooses to be lazy, there's a certain type of mindset that to come, that comes along with that. So if you find people who are lazy, they often don't interact with other people. They oftentimes may not take good care of their body, and they often, and here's where the deepest level of ignorance, that is what they're missing, what they're missing about being lazy is that their mindset is usually negative. And they complain about how things are not happening for them. This didn't get done. Someone promised me this and they didn't do it. And they have many, many excuses as to why their life is not going in the direction that they want it to. But amazingly, they will attribute that to everything except for their own laziness. This is an ignorance. This is a lack of knowing. This is a lack of understanding the fundamentals of causes, conditions, and effect. They're focused on the effect of their laziness but unaware as to their causes and conditions. This is ignorance. So, diligence being the antidote for this requires the mind to go into a different state. One of non-passivity. To be diligent, one has to do. And this takes place on the level of action involving the body as well as the mind. And the mind state is really what is essential here, and this is why laziness leads to downfall. Now, there was a story once told that the the Buddha used to send Um, some people that would come to him who were not feeling well, he would send them to these two monks. And one was a very elderly monk, and the other was a very young monk. And what people started to notice that for some reason, the people who were sent to the elderly monk seemed to recover fully and quickly from their illness. While the younger monk, it actually seemed as though people would get worse. Their condition would get worse. And why was this? Well, it turns out that the elder monk would speak to people about their illness in terms of impermanence. That is, they can acknowledge that the illness is here, but illness, like everything else, is a phenomenon. And all phenomena are impermanent. So you will get better if you are diligent, about what you need to do in terms of rest, medicine, whatever the case may be, if you're diligent in that, you will get better. On the other hand, the young monk would tell people that their illness was due to bad karma. And so that mindset that would set in with those folks who would visit the young monk actually made their condition worse. Look at the difference between the two. This is an illustration of how the mind affects the biology, affects, in this case, even healing. Very important. Now, when we think about diligence, we can also kind of look at this as like rubbing two sticks together to form or make a fire. I remember being a child and trying this myself the first few times, I couldn't do it. All I I would do was just get tired. (laughs) Like I would rub the two sticks together, I'm like, it's not happening. My hands and my arms are just getting tired. And finally I was able to do it, but it wasn't on the first try, the second, third, fourth, or fifth try. But it was like on the sixth or seventh time when I said to myself, yes, my arms are getting tired, but like other people are starting their fire, I have to start my fire. I have to light these sticks. And boom, that's what happened. Again, diligence means hanging in there. When you're tired, when you don't know the way forward, when you may not even have a plan or specifically know what you're trying to achieve because of the fatigue that is naturally part of any action that extends for a long enough duration, right? You start to get tired. You want to give up. And so most people do. Or if they don't give up, they get distracted. Right. You're rubbing the sticks together and it's like, oh, look at that horse over there. Well, this isn't working. Let me go over there and see what's going on with the horse. And then, oh, wow, the horse is, you know, eating, blah, blah, blah. Then you look up in the sky. Oh, look, at there's an airplane up there. Let me watch that for a while. Right. And you see people going through this cycle in life. They're excited when something new comes along, but they don't have the diligence to stay there. The last example I'll give along this line is is that I've been practicing martial arts my entire life and amazing how as time went on, I used to hear people say, well, how long does it take to get a black belt? And then some schools started coming up with what was called a black belt program, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous because, you know, you get a black belt, you earn that when you put in enough time. And that really depends on you. But people, as time went on, had very short, uh, unrealistic expectations about time. You know, can I can it be done in a year or two? And it's like, are you kidding? And then they would get discouraged and they would quit. Because they didn't want to put in five, six, seven years to do that. And then others of us stuck around. We stayed there, we persevered, and went into the black belt ranks and further. But that was a lot of diligence. That was a lot of being time in the dojo, in the training hall, rather than being you know, at the mall hanging out with your friends, or going out to party, and this, that, and the other. It was five or six days a week, for several years, training an hour and a half to two hours at a time, push ups, running, sit ups, sparring, meditation, diligence. Now, what are some of the benefits of diligence? We understand laziness leads to downfall, but what are some of the benefits of diligence? Well, in the tradition, some of those benefits include not easily being defeated by your circumstances. Time and time again, I see people being defeated by their circumstances. They feel powerless to do anything to change it, and then therefore their default response is to be lazy, to give up. Not only on that, but everything. But when you're diligent, you will not be defeated by your circumstances. You will overcome them. You will transcend them. One of the other hidden benefits is that you develop a deep state of concentration, the ability to go into deep states of concentration, And this is so beneficial. I remember being in college, being in high school, and throughout my life, the advantage that I feel that I have as a result of being diligent about several things in my life. One has been my martial arts practice and general approach to health, which now has included yoga, my commitment to my spiritual development and deepening of my consciousness, that because these have been lifelong commitments, that I'm able in the moment, in the now, to harness and maintain a level of concentration that many other people cannot. And this has been the result of both time commitment and physical Application, for example, in the case of martial arts, when you have to hold a certain stance until your whole body is shaking, and you have to remain standing, that you have to throw one more kick, one more punch, one more strike, after you've already thrown 2,000. When there's nothing left in the tank but diligence. Ability to concentrate and to go into deep states of concentration suddenly begin to emerge. Another benefit about diligence is that you become effective with the use of language. A person who is diligent gives great considerations to their choice of words. And so, this is another kind of surprise, wonderful nugget that results from diligence is that you may be applying that diligence to something that you think is completely unrelated unrelated to the way that you speak and yet that diligence spills over into your choice of words. Not only what you say but how you say it or whether you'll speak at all is silence more appropriate in this moment rather than speaking. Next, I would say that you have fewer worries in life. Remember we had said earlier about not being defeated by your circumstances. When you're diligent, you're focused in the now. So you're not really able to think too much about the past nor the future. When you are fully engaged in what you are doing Fully committed to it. You don't have the time to sit around and worry about what could be or what was. That keeps you squarely in the now. That makes you so much more effective. And you feel so alive. Because your creative energy, your spiritual energy, your physical energy, your emotional energy, your intelligence are firing at full capacity right now. And lastly, you often receive assistance from powerful beings. When you are diligent, others observe that. And when I say powerful beings, I mean the full gamut of beings available in consciousness. Maybe someone you know, someone you don't know it may be in the spiritual realm that you get assistance and you feel that around you and you know the presence of it and this all due to your diligence. Now, when we think about diligence and conquering laziness, there's usually three stages that are discussed about them and I'm just going to briefly mention them. One is the protective stage. This is the first stage. In this stage of diligence, what you're doing is assessing authentically and honestly with yourself what it is you're seeking to do. When I was a child, my mom had mentioned to me several times, she told me, don't measure yourself against others because you may be setting the bar too low or you may be setting the bar too high. And I think that is a really honest piece of advice. And I think that's what's met here by this protective stage is that, look, you have to look at what you think you're capable of and what you're willing to commit to. I'm reminded of that old statement that everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants dead, <laughs> right? And if what you're seeking to do, you are unwilling to be diligent and commit the time and the resources to that, then you will be doing yourself a disservice and possibly harming yourself by trying to do that thing. The next stage is the learning stage. What is it that I must acquire? What skill set must I have to do this to accomplish whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish do I need a teacher do I need to read something what skills do I need to acquire so that my possibility of completing that which I'm setting out to do is much higher And then lastly, is working for the liberation of others. I think it's amazing when I see people who have set out to become, let's say, rich or wealthy, make a big business. And then those same individuals become very charitable. It's rare to see that, but... It's wonderful when it happens, is that they realize that through their work and their diligence, that they have more than what they need possibly, that there are a lot of people who are in need, and so they help people out with their resources. And so liberation comes in different forms, in the case of the Buddha or enlightened beings, they have chosen to help liberate people from suffering. Liberate people from ignorance. And so the point of the third stage that I want you to understand is there should be some, ultimately, a communal connection between your diligence and the expression of it. That it ought not just be for yourself Because what happens when you are diligent and you accomplish a certain thing is you've acquired a certain experience and knowledge that could be valuable to other people. And why not share that? Unless you believe that the universe or what is available is limited and scarce, then there should be no reason why you shouldn't seek to liberate others in one way or another. So the three stages of diligence, protective, learning, I said liberating others, you might just call it helping others. Now I want to get to this portion of the realization, the second sentence that says, defeat the four demons and escape the poison of this dark world, or excuse me, the prison of this dark world. Now, again, this prison in the dark world is created by your mental states. And the Buddha often referred to the three poisons of ignorance, greed, and anger as being the source for creating a dark world that is your state of consciousness. This is not laying on the external, quote unquote, external or objective world any types of label. It has to do everything to do with your mindset, the prison you create. And these four demons that are spoken of have to deal with, first let me say, self-negativity. So demons and the use in the Buddhist tradition This imagery of a demon is something that everyone can relate to, something scary, fearful, harmful. That's what's meant by demons. Self-negativity, how you work against yourself because the mind is poisoned with things like ignorance, greed, anger, even fear when the mind is preoccupied with these types of elements, then it becomes imprisoned. And the world becomes dark for you. Now, in the case of the four demons being referred to here, this is not the place to go into depth about that. As I've mentioned in other episodes, perhaps I will do a retreat or a workshop Uh, where I can go into deeper details about each and every aspect of these realizations. Also, if you would like to contact me directly, you can do that, and perhaps we can arrange a one-on-one engagement. In any case, the four demons are referring to harmful fixations. And what are harmful fixations? You should remember this. The reliance on false appearances. Things that certainly are not so. One of the others is called the five skandhas or the five heaps. And this generally is referred to as like the stress caused by the stages of forming a subjective consciousness or self. So we perceive something, something arises in consciousness and this process of increased emphasis of a self and a subjective consciousness, this is actually one of the four demons. The third would be death. And I think if you're someone who has thought about death and the impact That it's had on your psyche? Does it invoke something like fear, trepidation, uncertainty, dislike? All of these create within the mind a prison. And then, lastly, number four would be wrong views. And these are views that are formulated based upon non-truth. So this is not about the differences in opinions. This is way above that. We're talking about ultimate truth, about things that have to be true and are true for all times. For example, like people die. That's not a debate. That's not an opinion. That's clearly observable. It's been happening and continues to happen. So the four demons, harmful fixations, the five skandhas, death, and wrong views, these all combining together inflict a great deal of darkness and pain on your mind and your psyche. But the sword of diligence can slay all of these. And as those fall, so goes laziness. If you'd like with some existence with this, if you'd like some help with how to transcend your laziness, then send me a message at minimalistbuddha.com. I'd be happy to assist you and continue listening to this series on the eight realizations of great beings. And as you listen, immediately begin to apply. Because at the end of the day, you have to do the work. You have to put one foot in front of the other. Others can assist you in that. They can point you in the right direction, but ultimately, you have to do it. You have to show up. Until next time, peace and blessings.